Vanuit de hoofdstad van Limburg is dit RTV Maastricht. De stem van de stad altijd dichtbij. RTV Maastricht. Welcome to the holy city. A silver screen. Built with the lens and a low self-esteem. A teenager's plea for meaning and means. We're selling the news. See, opinions are easier to swallow than facts. The grays instead of the whites and the blacks. If you shoot it too straight, they won't come back. We're selling the news. back in RTV studios again and today we are discussing um, we're discussing Gemeente Maastricht and the near future of media and culture in Maastricht and with me I have uh, Francois from RTV and Alexander from uh, the opposition in the Gemeente Maastricht okay. so at, at the very beginning I'd like uh, Francois to introduce himself perhaps yeah Welcome, okay well, first of all thank you for inviting me uh, here uh, my name is Francois Lenaerts. I'm the director or station manager of RTV Maastricht. 61 years old, still looking young. 
someone said Young as to ever. Me. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I second that. <laughs> My profession is, uh, well, I, I'm, I'm a historian. I studied history at the University of Nijmegen and never got a job in that. Um, but, well, been in the media for several years now and now, uh, well, director here for four years. Yeah. Lovely. Thank you so much, Francois. And Alexander, could we hear a little bit about you briefly? Yes. Good evening. Um, as well, I want to thank you for this opportunity to speak here. Of course. Um, so my name is Alexander. I'm, um, I've been elected two years ago to the City Council of Maastricht. Um, I sit in the minority. And uh, besides my political work, I used to be a DJ as well and right. to promote events. Uh, so I was always very much engaged in the cultural field of Maastricht, especially when it comes to the students. Respect. And, um, and uh, I've recently resumed uh, my studies at the Graduate School of Governance. Okay, that's very interesting. Well, we're glad that you're here. And also in the studio with us are Zaki on tech and Elena from our very own team. Hi. Um, just to start with, uh, we're here to discuss, well, what's happening with the city, with the, with, with the cultural scene. Could, could you tell us a little bit more about what has actually happened and what we might expect before we start talking about what you think about it? Well, as far as I can see, I'm, but I'm not a politician. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just as being an inhabitant of the of the city, because yes. I live here, is that there are well f uh, big problems in the budget. Um, right. About twenty five million, twenty eight million in in especially in the social uh, area, um, and well, uh, if the budget isn't. Uh, uh, isn't okay you have to cut somewhere in, in costs that's that's the the the, the thing the um the way that the 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 25 or 28 million uh well went up so well there, there are several reasons why that happened right. um and well that, that that's that's more um in in detail but it's it's a huge problem it's a huge problem that we have, and we are not the only city uh, yeah. that that has it. Uh, there were only, I think, there's only one s uh, small city in in Limburg that hasn't got a problem, and that's a new founded city or new, uh, new combination uh, yeah. of, of two cities. That's so Marghata. No, 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 that's no. Not it's the one. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'll get to the name uh, uh, later, but it, it's not that important. So that that's I, and I understand that's uh, that's a, a huge problem. Um, meaning that, uh, well, you have to, to, to cut uh, costs and uh, the, um, I don't know the English for the college, um, help me, the Alexander. executive branch. Okay, they, uh, yeah, yeah, they, they decided uh, that, uh, well, um, a lot of institutes that get funding from the, from the city here, uh, well, they have to uh, uh, the, uh, cut their, their, their also their budget and, and stop right. uh, getting um, uh, the subsidy. Exactly. Thanks, Francois. Alexander, could you perhaps give us the inside view on how things are going? Well, the inside view, and not, or I will try my best to give you as much of an insight as I can within this format, but um, maybe it's interesting as well to indeed to add upon what Francois was just saying yeah. the cause of where does this budget come uh, this budget deficit comes from yeah. and indeed it can be very much traced back to the social welfare right. which has been decentralized in 2015 mm -hmm. by the national government put in on a, as a burden on local government and as well so this has caused by itself extra administrative costs yeah. and the national government expected that we would do the same job for less 25% decrease in that budget right 
and that is what has caused this countrywide uh, deficit. Right. Um, and this is the cause, the original cause. This has been further accentuated by some would some would argue a mismanagement from indeed the executive council in their failure to coordinate the the social welfare portfolios uh, portfolios mm-hmm. of each all the men right um on top of this and this is what has been the most disturbing to me politically is that when we observe these deficits um and that it was clear that the the the, the causal relationship the majority gov- parties were unable to attach um consequences to these um they voted against two motions of the opposition of which one i uh, i tabled um basically creating an atmosphere of impunity for the executive council mm-hmm. and i think that is what is so striking about this case of maastricht is that there there has been this indeed the culture of impunity where like we they are allowed to make mistakes yeah without consequence basically the right so th- so there's no fiscal fiscal responsibility taken by the majority parties uh there's no political responsibility no political responsibility i see parties. it's very interesting that's um very you know I would say it's a very interesting, inspiring start to the debate. But uh, for the moment, I think we will jump right into a song. Nothing more, Mr. MTV. We call it a cliffhanger. A cliffhanger. That's how we do radio here. Who's <laughs> yeah. gonna be murdered?
Welcome back to another episode of Student Radio Maastricht on RTV 107.5. Today we are talking about the cultural life in Maastricht and the threat to cultural life in Maastricht. And uh, Francois, who is with me in the studio, has recent has just spoken about the major deficit that the Khamita Maastricht has. And I believe that this might have some consequences for RTV. Could you elaborate a little bit about this, Francois? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, um, to be short, um, from the 1st of January 2022, uh, our subsidy will be cut with uh, 100,000 euros. So yeah. instead of 300,000, we receive 200,000 yearly. Yeah. Um, and well, th- that means a lot for us. Um, right. Because if you... Um, got in our let's say it's some kind of an income that we need yeah. we're a public broadcaster we're not a commercial broadcaster so meaning that we can't do all the commercial things that a commercial broadcaster can do of course there are yeah. regulations in the uh, in the law in mm-hmm. the media law and we have to well, follow that uh, that rules otherwise we will get penalized Right. That's, that, that's not. Secondly, is that we have to, uh, in, in choosing our programs uh, and being a public broadcaster, you are for all the inhabitants of Maastricht, meaning that you also have to bring sometimes some programs or shows that aren't for, that are, well, let's say for the happy few. Um, and, well, it's very difficult to get extra money around these programs mm-hmm. to get it sponsored or to get uh, uh, commercials uh, with it. Yeah. Um, so, um, cutting our, our subsidy means, well, directly um, cutting into the staff right. of uh, RTV Maastricht. Cutting into the staff means less production, less mm-hmm. programs. Less programs means less uh, income. Yeah, eh? from from uh, advertising and and production. Of course, Because yeah. if I have to, we do productions. Eh? Mm-hmm. Today we had a mindfulness uh, a production <laughs> on on that, TV. It was th- that was uh, also live cast on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it mm-hmm. was uh, <laughs> Envida together with Envida, and we are doing the uh, Dutch dance days, Nederlandse yeah. dansdagen, the opening. Uh, uh, we're the only broadcaster who will do it on TV. Um, right. So, um, but we can do that because I have now enough staff. If cut in staff means well, and then my budget goes down, 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 down. Yeah. So that's that's really a, a, a problem. A lot of people are depending on our news and information services. Um, especially those who can't afford a newspaper. Right. A lot of uh, uh, people well, uh, can't afford it and every article is behind some kind of a paywall, mm-hmm. you know? Pay-per-view. Uh, and secondly, is we so. have 15,000 people in, the, in Maastricht who have problems with reading and writing. Mm-hmm. And they depend on us. Um, and they are the, the elderly people, especially for, for television. And we saw during the corona period, I was still in the corona period, but you yeah. know, in March, April, uh, May, um, we normally have, well, about 30% who looks uh, once a week or every day, yeah. uh, television. It went up to 70%, right. 7-0. Yeah. So that means that, I mean, I think general news viewership increased across the world, but that means that a significant chunk, chunk of the city chooses RTV as their, pre- their, pre- their first choice for news. Well, it, <laughs> it would be great if they would do that, but <laughs> it doesn't happen Okay. Uh, in, in a way. Uh, we have to, to get our own news, and that, that's, that's okay. Yeah? But if there's a, in a time of crisis, mm-hmm. I would think 
as being uh, the city or the council, well, the first thing I would do is to get in touch with my local broadcaster. Right. And especially if you have uh, such a uh, great range around the, the, the inhabitants. Eh? Mm -hmm. So, um, but okay, that, that didn't happen. So, being a public local broadcaster, um, well, we reach out, well, two, two out of three people um, find us and look at us, uh, radio, uh, the website, television, Facebook Dutch, News in English, our Facebook, our English project. Um, we have Instagram, we have our own app and the website. Right. So nine channels. Um, and well, it's, it's, we, we can see that the response that we get from, from uh, all the of a lot of people, especially during the time that, well, the, uh, there was the idea that they would cut down the whole subsidy. Mm -hmm. We got a lot of, how you call it? Um, Pushback. Nice, nice calls. Yeah. Uh, hey, um, uh, stay tough and things like that. So that's that's that that's a good uh, a good vibe that we got from the city. Yeah, yeah. And in particular about our news in English, because I believe that RTV is one of the few public broadcasters in this country, maybe the only one that yeah. does news in English. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was um, in the Hague uh, last year, defending uh, our project and trying to get some extra subsidy uh, from a national. Uh, funding right. uh, for news in English. Uh, unfortunately, well, <laughs> it wasn't a good project. Uh, they, this, they had the, the wrong regulations, let's say, I like see. that. But they said uh, news in English is, as far as they knew, the only uh, project on, on local uh, uh, level right. uh, who are doing this uh, this great job. Uh, and and well, Eliza Marie is also in the studio, is, is uh, well, uh, our how you call it, beating heart. Uh, Shout out to Eliza Marie for uh, her <laughs> phenomenal work with News in English and RTV Maastricht. Yeah. Love you, Elijah. <laughs> no, but, uh, well, they are, we are about, uh, we have 10,000 people on social media who follow uh, who follow us and follow this project. Right. Yeah. And I also believe that during the Corona times, um, RTV Maastricht was one of the few, um, few portals that were, again, publicly funded, which provide, provided a translation for of everything in English. And yeah. pretty quickly at that, because I know that in Maastricht in particular, you know, you have a huge student base, which is not Dutch speaking, not yet Dutch speaking. And it seems to me like they rely quite strongly on, um, you know, news sources such as RTV to provide them with what was now essential information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, well, um, if you look at the infrastructure of the communication uh, mm -hmm. here in, in this city, it wasn't uh, prepared for uh, uh, communicating, uh, I think, about Corona and all the regulations, etc. I guess in, nobody in, in anywhere English. was. No, 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 <laughs> yeah. no, no. So, uh, well, it was a very uh, good and reliable source, especially reliable for, not, for all the uh, non-Dutch speaking uh, inhabitants. Yeah. And for all the relatives uh, abroad who have, well, let's say, a, a daughter or, or a son who is studying here, and well, how is it in Maastricht? And mm -hmm. news in English uh, uh, well, was a reliable and a good source also for them to update them about of course. how is uh, Corona uh, uh, here in uh, in Maastricht. Yeah. So that's a quick summary of all the things that RTV does for our city and uh, beyond. And uh, before we go on, we'd like to listen to Lies by the Thompson Twins. Thanks, Francois, for your input. And after the break, we'll speak to Alexander a little bit about the cultural life in Maastricht. Thanks. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Welcome back to RTV Maastricht, 107.5 FM. Uh, we are Student Radio Maastricht and I'm Elena. I'm here in the studio with Francois, Alexander and Sachit and Zaki on the tech. Hi. <laughs> um, we were just talking about uh, the budget cuts to uh, the media uh, earlier and I just wanted to mention in passing, I discovered there's a survey about um, what kind of media channels uh, you use. The survey is made by the Gemeente, so you can go uh, vote, basically, uh, for RTV Maastricht and show your love and show the Gemeente that we still need RTV and that's an essential part for our, you know, daily information live. So uh, now we can move on to the next topic. Um, Alexander, you've been uh, always uh, very involved in the cultural life of uh, Maastricht. So, 
a lot of it uh, is under threat also because of all these uh, cuts and everything. Uh, what can you tell us about it and what do you think? Uh, thank you, Helena, for uh, your question. Um, you know what you have only once you lose it. Um, Maastricht is a unique city in the Netherlands. It has this infrastructure which is so much um, rooted in its culture. Um, not for nothing is like Maastricht so proud of it and like being Sheng is an <laughs> honorary title in itself. Mm -hmm. um, uh, what 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 I lack here so much in the cuts we've just uh, the, the council passed what is that there's a lack of vision and appreciation of what the role of culture is and I, this is not just in Maastricht you can see this in everywhere everywhere uh, that's the problem of maybe this hyper this hyper liberal economy which we're in an inability to appreciate the value of culture. Mm -hmm. um, and coming back to the conversation which we just had about RTV, what my sense about this question is that RTV plays this very important role of a local cultural storyteller. Um, and this telling these stories is how you create a local identity, at least how we cherish it. And in this globalized society which we're going in, where it's this kind of conforming trend which we have, there's nothing more precious than indeed safekeeping your culture. That is what, if I can bring this to the conversation, I would be very much interested in having the opinion of Francois on this as well, is what is the primary purpose you serve as, is this so much a news channel? Or is this indeed a cultural uh, guardian, you could almost say. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I've been involved in the city council when it comes to all questions relating to com to external communication, outreach, and so on. And what I when I when I look at this question from a broader perspective, I see that news, in the broader sense, is being threatened today. Um, by all kinds of, on all kinds of fronts. And that um, what is a legitimate role of government, of taxpayer, how can you legitimately spend taxpayer money on media, culture and news? And my sense of it is that today we have so much noise, we need clarification, we need uh, simple perception. Analysis, basically investigation, if not, mm -hmm. and uh, and sometimes even this retrospective, this hindsight. Um, there's always this. Um, in in and I don't watch a lot of Dutch TV. I confess, mm -hmm. but one of the few programs I I do appreciate, I do like a lot, is um, François will know Tegelicht. Yeah, because they have this in-depth investigative uh, asset. And I was always wondering, you know, like we have this daily noise about what's going on in the news and city council, and it's very difficult to translate this into like concise topics. But if we could have like, I feel like the voter, the citizen today misses this kind of a holistic approach analysis on what is going on with its city and what is going on in its politics as well, and the relationship between citizens and politics, particularly. Well, uh, <coughs> well 
what I think that one of a very uh, important role for RTV Maastricht is, as I see it, is that uh, we get people involved in the city and that people um, are part of the society and we want them to involve them with everything and by news, by bringing programs about culture, sports or whatever. Um, <clears throat> because that's, that's uh, uh, very important that they participate. The city, we are the city and the city is us, something like that. But then you have to be informed and you have to um, um, explain to people what's happening and they make their own opinion. Let's say in political things, you can say, I go to the, uh, uh, what's the opinion of left? What's the opinion of right? What's the opinion of the political party in, in the middle? Tell it to people, but on a, uh, in an independent way, so that they understand it and then they can make their own conclusion and they say okay i go for this or go for that and if you there are a lot of um, um issues especially you, you have a, a very big uh, a task uh, to do and make a very important decisions uh, at, the, at the city uh, council and well i think even for someone who is in the council it's it's very difficult uh, to understand the, the the broad range of well what kind of decisions what are the implications of the decisions i think so but it's our task or try to explain it to the, our inhabitants uh, what's happening there but i mean i've i've spent now two years in the council and my experience of politics is that um the press, and I, I'm, I'm going. I, I really mean indeed the press. There's this kind of a tango which is being played between politicians and the press. Um, it's like it's almost like a transactional relationship. Um, you give us exposure, we give you information, like behind the doors, what's happening there. Um, and in the end, that's what I fear so much with this transactional approach is that it's almost rewards the twisted mm -hmm. and um, it's difficult it makes it that, that much more challenging as a news outlet to keep this objectivity um, not so much in the reporting or in the framing but simply in the in, in the work relationship well who's on the agenda that's that's one big thing eh? yeah. so if uh, is it someone who is shouting loudest for instance who is doing a lot of uh, questions yeah. uh, uh, article uh, 47 yeah. i think it's uh, it's called um, questions, questions uh, things like that so uh, well that, that's that's very uh, uh, difficult um, but you you have to to find some kind of a balance and well one of the new approaches that we are now um, we started with is what we called a program called dossier and the dossiers we take some more time um, well we had a dossier about uh, Trega mm. uh, limo uh, uh, train uh, the new uh, um, um, how you call it on the where the, where the uh, asyl zoekers mm -hmm. mm. in English refugee center what well, <laughs> uh, third one was about the Hague it's uh, it's uh, in Maastricht and and uh, a bit deplorable uh, situation there. Now we are working uh, on a next dossier uh, about poverty. 
yeah. regarding also so to the plan really that uh, was presented and um, that was really a, a choice it costs a lot of time research yeah. but then you can bring it in a 15 minute and get it from all the sites and and do really like you say tegenlicht well <coughs> we do it in a small but but it gives you the opportunity um to to broaden up everything and and not so rush rush like in the news yeah. um and that that's very important so and we would really like to do more and more of these uh dossiers um because it gives quality uh to um, our 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 aim what we want to to, to do it eh? to to um, explain to people what's happening in the city um, and we want to give the people from Maastricht also a voice so not only the politicians but also the people who live there let them let them speak let them talk it's their city we are the city the city are we yeah. If I can jump in, because I think that is what indeed this uh, radio station is doing now so well, and I appreciate the fact that here we are talking in English. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is indeed a challenge which you have, mm-hmm. which I very much understand, is that Maastricht is such a diverse population, and you need to appeal to all of it. Um, that's, a, that's a challenge in itself. But let, I, what, I, what I just want to say is, Francois, how much I support and I underline this ambition mm-hmm. um, and I really hope that as far as I'm concerned the city can not only finance but indeed support and um, give you that kind of an um, extra m- drive motivation whatever you need um, to become this example of, um, of, of of news coverage because indeed as you know all of the Netherlands, we are looking at different ways how to participate, how to involve, how to inform citizens. And there was a time when, indeed, we started a pilot and uh, other municipalities in the Netherlands were actually looking at uh, Maastricht the, the, the case as a case study. Um, there's nothing more I would be proud than having RTW Maastricht known throughout all of the Netherlands as being like an example of uh, um, relevant journalism. Would have, it would be wonderful. Uh, I'd like to thank both he, both of you, Alexander and Francois, for extremely interesting points brought for, forward on the table. Especially, Alexander, your way of framing RTV as um, almost shaping the cultural identity of Maastricht. I, I can completely say, see where you're coming from, and I think it's such an important link to make, to make between journalism and culture, especially in the context of these budget cuts. And I hope we all keep that in mind, because I think this is what we need to see more of. You know, when you don't have a narrative, you don't have a culture. And this sort of role of curation is what is increasingly important in an era where there's no dearth of data points. But And before we go, jump to the next song, I'd like to point out that we did approach the Khmer de Maastricht to, uh, to uh, speak with us in this very radio episode, but we were, we were turned down. Um, I would not like to offer any further comment upon that, and I'd like to switch to uh, listening to Bibio by The Art of Living. Cherry trees in bloom, view from my living room. 
Welcome back to uh, RTV Maastricht 107.5. This is Sachit speaking for Student Radio Maastricht. And we are talking about the Gemeente with Francois from RTV and Alexander from uh, the Gemeente Raad. Can I call you, uh, can I say that you're from the Gemeente Raad? Yes. That's your official designation. I'm a, I'm a, city, I'm a city councillor. Yeah, a city councillor, yeah. And we have Elena from our, from our own SRM and Zaki. Hey. Hi. <laughs> So we were just speaking about the role of RTV in uh, shaping the identity of Maastricht for creating a cultural narrative that creates a sense of sense of sense of oneness in the city, and why that is so important. Elena, I think you had something to add about this. Would you like to Would you like to offer a comment? Well, my comment was a little bit less uh, political or. Uh less specific but i just wanted to talk about also srm in this whole scheme because we are also a community so we don't only do the show we also connect people facilitate new connections i mean we talked about it extensively in our who are we show a few weeks ago but i feel like we are also obviously a part of rtv maastricht or you know we couldn't be here without the support of rtv so this is really important for us as well you know and for all the student community this is also really really important absolutely yeah absolutely my well, yeah yeah great great to hear because that, that's also we have we have about 100 volunteers yeah. and a lot of them are uh, doing well uh, uh, some kind of a, a hobby or uh, related to a hobby especially on, on radio uh, and making uh, well some television programs are helping us in the logistics and, and things like that and it's very important because not only we can do more programs but we are also a plat platform and we get a lot of input of you guys 
and all the other volunteers about what's happening in Maastricht. Uh, what's the feeling in Maastricht? You know, being a, some kind of a thermometer. Yeah. Right. Uh, and that's that's uh, very uh, very good. I'm very glad with every volunteer. And if someone is listening now and thinking, well, that's great, <laughs> RTV Maastricht. Well, just uh, give us a call, uh, send an, uh, an a mail uh, to uh, info at RTV Maastricht, and uh, uh, well, we might see you here. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, I'd like to ask uh, Alexander a little bit, uh, sort of a follow-up almost to what Helena had asked you in the previous uh, segment. Um, I've heard that Cumulus is also on the chopping block uh, at the Gemeente. And I'd like to know, first of all, I'd like to know what exactly is being chopped, if at all. And secondly, your thoughts on the matter. Um, you're going very much into a, into detail right now. Yeah, so perhaps you could uh, you could frame it in a more general sense as... Uh, Cumulus is part of these educational cultural institutions yes. which also seem to be on the chopping block. Yes. Um, hmm. What can I say? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I dislike it very much. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I voted against this. Um, I, I think that... Um, I, I don't want to put it too broad, but... Again, this comes back to the point of appreciating if, uh, the, the value of uh, Yeah, of and uh, what you call the hyper-neoliberal attitudes, which uh, tend to look critically at these... Money talks. Money talks, indeed, yeah. Yeah. But um, perhaps I should ask you then, how, how else would you view... Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. How, how would you solve the problem, you know? Yeah. Um, well, that's... Okay, now we're touching a very interesting point, indeed, because, like, how do we distribute public funds? Yeah, that's, that's broadly the question that's yeah. at stake, yeah. Um, maybe indeed to answer to your first question, mm -hmm. this was one of the insights I gained from this whole exercise is that, and this is my message to the citizens of this city as well, don't be distracted by small issues. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a much bigger systemic problem going on here. And that is indeed touching upon how do we distribute public funds. Um, if you ask me, I think that um, this goes back towards this argument of transactional uh, relationship. Yeah. Um, in a way, it shouldn't be that RTV depends so much on the city budget. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be that Cumulus depends on the city budget. Um, in a way, what we're doing is a little bit mafia. We're taking the money from one side and we decide who gets it. Right, yeah. And that's wrong. I mean, like, yes, there is this legitimate legitimacy exercise. We have been voted and, and so on. But I think that in the 21st century, citizens are informed enough, capable enough, and they should be empowered uh, to make these decisions themselves. So basically, to give you like one, one, one example, um, this was one of the first measures which the Macron government took in France in culture. Um, they um, deleted some subsidies and instead they made this big pot um, and they basically when you turn 18 years old you get this card with so much social credit you get to spend on museums, uh, sh music shops, whatever. Um, basically giving the... The transactional power to the citizen. Exactly. Yeah. Um, in, that's what I would love to see. I mm -hmm. realize that maybe you know, like this is this is policy which goes actually already towards very quickly towards the national level, 
the city, we can maybe start a pilot about this. Um, but, uh, you know, in the end, that's also like a very good point, is that as, city, as a city councillor, we are very much given choices to make. Um, it needs to come from the citizens. It needs to come from the population. They need to say, you know, like, we are tired with this system and we want an alternative. And here, these are some ideas, because I know there are plenty of ideas out there. Um, and we should start this conversation. Yeah, I think so too. I did see uh, an attempt by the community to outreach to, to, to reach out to the citizens in June regarding a number of these budgetary questions. There was there was an open line and there was a form that uh, that uh, people could fill and send in a video to express their feelings about the proposed budgetary changes. And I think for once this did break out of the you know Maastricht's uh, local bubble and spread a little further into um, into the city at least as some t as 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 a way for people to know that you know the community does things and by the way i just want to point out that legitimacy exercise is the funniest accurate accurate and most accurate descriptor of local democracy i've ever heard <laughs> so thanks for that <laughs> yeah um it's that it, again it's just the beginning you know like okay I'll give you an, another example something which i've been very involved in is um we were supposed to start this year um uh, the, for the first time in maastricht the citizen budget the citizens budget yeah uh, it's a participatory budget the idea is that like we have 300,000 euros made available and citizens can uh, through a process taking like a couple of months um, decide for themselves how we should allocate this money. Right, I see. Uh, this is not new. Uh, the first ones to start this, I believe it was in the 70s or in the 80s, was in uh, Brazil. Mm -hmm. Right now they have, like in Porto Alegre, an entire football stadium where people are distributing majority of the city funds. Um, slowly this is picking up in Holland um, and I think that there's a lot of opportunities here as well with e-democracy and technology uh, that we can facilitate this process even more. Yeah, it does sound like uh, some things need to be devolved further down to the level of the citizen, but some things like debts uh, of the um, the debt of social welfare, you might want to instead centralize more. So I think it seems almost from hearing you that you know some things need to be more centralized, some things need to be less centralized. Well, I'm not so sure. You're not so sure. Because uh, there's this idea of collective wisdom. Collectivism, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, in the end, who are we? I mean, <laughs> I'm not more intelligent. I'm, I'm definitely not smarter than, than all the intellectuals and scholars walking here in Maastricht. The only thing which I think makes a good... Well, two things, I believe, which makes a good politician. One is integrity, and two is courage. Mm -hmm. uh, that you, you dare to make a difficult decision, even if it isn't popular. Um, and so you need to have this kind of a independency towards, um, I don't want to say populism, but you need to accept the fact that you will not be re-elected. And that's yeah. very good already as it is. Yeah. Um, but I think that I see my role as trying to include as many people in the political process, empower citizens, and just challenge them, each other, to come up with the best ideas. And this works before. I mean, look at the Pirate Party. Uh, there's this 
how is it called, um, delegative democracy and deliberative democracy. Basically, the point is that like representative democracy is not the only form of democracy anymore. Absolutely mm -hmm. not. Yeah. Well, thanks for the interesting insights on democracy, uh, Alex. Uh, we'd quickly jump to jump to a song when your mind's made up by Glenn Hansard. Welcome back to the last segment of our show here at RTV Maastricht 107.5. Um, we've been speaking with the Gemeente and about uh, the proposed budget cuts. And I'd like to um, I'd, I'd like to ask our guests here, uh, who've already given us a lot of very interesting in input, to quickly give us a last word. W how would you summarize the discussion? Anything you would like the listeners to think about? Francois, would you like to begin? Well, okay. Uh, well, about the outcome, it's... Um um, it's mixed feelings, right. let's be honest. Um, the best feeling would be if there would be no, no cut in the, in the subsidy. But I understand the problems that the city has. So being part of the city, um, well, I, I'm, I'm okay, that, 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 that's why there's a mixed feeling. But I'm very happy that they didn't cut the whole budget. Secondly, I'm very happy with uh, the support I got from some political parties. Uh, regarding the things that we do uh, and the importance uh, that, that we do so that's that's great 
Uh, it gives us now a year time to restructure uh, uh, RTV Maastricht because that that's necessary. Yeah. Very well. One of the big uh, uh, important uh, issues is well this location. Yeah. I have a five-year contract and it's end. It ends in December. Right. What I'm going to do with uh, my uh, my office? Mm-hmm. It costs a lot of money. Money yeah. goes back to the to the council. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do I have to go to to another place uh, somewhere? So th- there are a lot of decisions, yeah. also about uh, the staff. But I- you can also see it as um, s- some kind of well, um, not so nice wake up call. Yeah. Uh, you have to do something about it. Get restructuring. Uh, talk about uh, the people in the city. Talk about stakeholders uh, with the stakeholders with the volunteers and yeah. well, get some new energy. <laughs> yeah. It's a difficult time for sure. Um, Alexander, would you like to, do you have any last thoughts? Well, I'm reminded of a quote by Benjamin Franklin. Um, in every problem, there's an opportunity in disguise. One uh, could say that. Uh, <laughs> but that's the point of whenever you start a human enterprise, you always, yes, you always come across a challenge and you always need to, um, to see the light at the end of the tunnel, even yeah. when it's pitch dark. Yeah. Um, what I... What I would like to, what I take out of this conversation, and hopefully to, uh, indeed, student student radio Maastricht, and RTV, and indeed the the cultural field in general, is that, um, be relevant, not because that would justify your right to exist, but much deeper than that, if you're capable of attracting those right minds those um, people out of the box, those innovators, the the change makers. If you are capable of attracting those people, then I'm confident that whatever the problem you, you, you come across, you have all the tools you need to overcome them. Um, and in the end, also this is the biggest lesson I learned from the first time I did my political campaign, is you haven't lost until you've given up. Absolutely. I, I'm complete in, in complete agreement with that. And I think for media and cultural organizations, the command to be relevant is almost an existential one. And that is all we have really after a while. You know, if you can't sit on your haunches, you can't rest on your laurels when you're told to change. What you do is you remain relevant for sure. Thank you so much. Uh, Elena, you. would you like Thank to write us out? Uh, yes, well, uh, thank you very much to our lovely guests, mm-hmm. Francois and Alexander, for participating in this conversation. Unfortunately, our time is limited, so we have to keep it to this. Um, I would like to mention a few events that are happening uh, this week here in Maastricht. So tomorrow evening uh, at 7, there's an online, it's online, but it's organized by Maastricht, uh, it's organized by Ames. There's an online lecture about the situation in uh, Lebanon. So if you want, you need to register to get the link. So just go on the AIMS page and there you can find all the information. Also, um, there's a few um, uh, events coming up regarding uh, thinking global and acting uh, locally and regarding the environment. So check that out. It starts uh, this Friday and it ends on the 30th. Um, One of them is a zero waste uh, tour of Maastricht organized by Froon, one of our previous guests uh, from the zero waste episode. 
And another thing that's happening on Friday is the uh, March on Wheels for the Climate. It's organized by Maastricht for Climate and it will be very Corona-proof, of course. But even though we have to be Corona-proof, we have to also stay on top of the climate fight. So with this, I leave you and have a nice evening. <laughs>